Should I either knock into this or drop the mic or do something stupid like that? So bear with me. Well, good morning. So as you know from Bradley's introduction, the, I'm tasked with the high task of talking about peace today. <clears throat> and it's like, for me, it's like a tall task because there's so much going on. Like just the prayer requests we know about this morning that we heard from Bradley and, um, you know, things in my personal life going on and, 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 I'm, and I, things that I don't even know about going on in your lives, you know. There's just so much going on. So I have the tall task today to talk to you about peace and how to be at peace and, and just, yeah, so looking forward to it. So I hope you guys bear with me in that today. Um, let's start with a word of prayer and then I'll get started. Uh, dear God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for uh, your, sending your son to this earth to sacrifice himself for us, Lord God. I pray that as I speak, Lord God, that I... Um, Speak from my heart, Lord Jesus, and I, I speak of your words, Lord God. Bless me today as I speak of your peace. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so Bradley texted me to preach and asked me to preach for a couple reasons. The first reason is because I have a contract with the church that they have to let me get up here and talk at least once every six months. <laughs> um, <laughs> not true. Um, but... The other uh, reason was because, you know, it's Christmas, and, you know, usually uh, the past year or so, like, I think last year, I can't, no, I've only done it once. Uh, So this is the second year I've I've preached around Christmas time, and he texted me and said, hey, do you want to preach in December? And I'm like, yeah, but, like, when he texted me, I was at work, and I was, like, at work, and we were, like, really, really busy, and it was, like, a very, like, chaotic time. I don't know if you know this, but I work at Chick-fil-A. If you don't know that, then you don't know anything about me at all. Um... (laughs) I work at Chick-fil-A, and, you know, Chick-fil-A, if, if you go there and you're a, a customer or a guest, as we like to call them, like, you go there, you get good chicken, you enjoy, you have a good night. You don't see the other side of it, which is the employee side, who have terrible nights most nights, <laughs> who are freaking out trying to get the best chicken quality possible and trying to get all your food out in, like, under three minutes or else we're going to lose our minds. Um, it was just a very hectic time, and he texts me and goes, hey, do you want to preach? And I'm like... Yeah, put my phone back down, start bagging food again. And then he goes, okay, well, it's like there's peace, love, and joy. And, like, I look around, the screens are all red. I'm sweating buckets of sweat. And I just, like, I need some peace. Like, so I literally text him, and I'm like, probably peace. Um, that's, so that's why I decided to preach on peace. But then I started actually thinking about, I don't know what to talk about um, for peace. Like, where do I even start, right? So what I did was I devised three questions that I asked myself, and I started, decided, hey, I'm going to talk about this in, the, in, the, in my sermon. The first three questions I asked myself, well, what is peace? What does peace look like? And then how do we obtain peace? Those are the three questions that I'm going to be talking about today. So let's get into it. What is peace? If you look on Google, um, the Webster's Dictionary says that peace is a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. And when I looked that up, I was kind of like awestruck. I was like, that's a very lame definition of something. It's only present when there's not another thing present. Like, it's like... To me, I mean, you could compare, like, darkness and light. Darkness is only around when light is away. But I was thinking, how can, why is peace only a thing when there is no war? Because to me, I think of all the times, like, when we're not at war, but we're still not at peace. And so 
that's like kind of like the beginning of like my thought process on this, that that definition is very lame. And if that's true, that peace only exists because there is no war or conflict, then that's like a false definition because I don't believe that there's any a time that myself personally that I haven't been in some sort of stressful situation in life or, you know, going through something. I don't feel like there's ever times when you could say the world is at peace even though there is no war. Um, and so that's the definition that we've kind of given, that peace is just something that is there when there is no war or there is no conflict. However, is that really true? Is there truly peace when the world isn't at war? I say no, that's not true. Would you say that the U.S. is at peace right now? We had just got, we've just gotten out of a war that we were in for over 20 years in Afghanistan when we pulled out of Afghanistan. Would you say the U.S. is at peace right now? No, not at all. Are the people in Afghanistan at peace since the war is over? No. Another definition that we can find for peace is a freedom from something. Freedom from depression, freedom from anxiety. However, I believe that the true meaning of peace is achieved once we add something to our lives, not when we take away something from our lives. I don't believe that true peace is found when we finally get out of a situation. I believe that true peace is found once we add something to that situation. If you want to turn with me to Mark chapter 4, um, you can. I'm reading from the King James Version. Um, I'm going to be reading from verse 34 through 41. <clears throat> Let's see. Okay, yep, the slide's up. Okay. And the same day when the even, evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. So I'm going to go ahead and read it from there. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And when they refer to, they took him unto the ship, they're referring to Jesus. So if you don't know, sorry, I should have put some context on this story. Okay, so we get to verse 37. And there arose a great storm and wind, of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not what we, that we perish? And go to the next one. And he arose, Jesus, and rebuked the wind and said unto them, See, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was no, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that we have, that ye have no faith? <clears throat> Jesus is asleep while on this voyage on this ship. The disciples are just, you know, going along their day, just, you know, probably like tying ropes down or, you know, whatever they did to sail back then. I don't know. <laughs> and, and this great storm comes, and they're faced with this decision that they're, they're faced with this storm, and they start losing their minds basically like, oh, my goodness, a storm, we're going to die. And they go to Jesus, and they see that he's still asleep, and they're like, what in the world are you doing? Why are you still asleep? Like, wake up. We, don't you care that we are about to die? And then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto them, see, peace, be still. And I kind of like think of like, you know, maybe he, uh, I've seen interpretations of this where like he's like wakes up and he's like, peace, be still. <laughs> However, 
I also like to think that Christ woke up and she said, peace, be still. He didn't need to get up and make this huge demonstration. He was just, he was just there. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't need to Randy Brooks it in the promise, if you get that <laughs> reference. Um, he was just there. He just said, peace, be still. And so another definition that I would like to add to the definition um, that we see of peace, more of a heavenly definition, is a feeling of assurance, even in the midst of turmoil. True peace to me is, is not when something, when, when we are, take, are in conflict and we take that away, but true peace to me is that we can find peace even through the stressful times, through the trials, and through the storms. We can look and say, I am at peace because Christ is with me. I refuse to believe that peace is only present when that storm is taken away. I believe that we as Christians, as believers in a God who has healed the sick and raised the dead, should be able to be at peace no matter what situation we are in. True peace is having faith in Christ, having that feeling that Christ is, in, is your insurance plan, if you so to speak. So I said a feeling of assurance. Um, you know, you can have things like insurance, right? So you have like car insurance or, you know, home insurance. You know that if something bad happens that, you know, you pay a monthly fee and, you know, you can somewhat get money for that or, or however, however it works. Um, I'm not an adult. I don't know how it works. Um, so, but I was thinking about like this kind of like idea of like, in, as I was like, our, our, being at true peace is like kind of having an insurance plan through Christ. And, and I started thinking, like, of the Allstate guy, like, Allstate, are you in good hands? And, like, I say, like, we shouldn't have to ask that question, like, when it comes to being at peace through Christ. We should be able to say, yes, I'm in, I am in good hands. I'm in God's hands. I'm at peace because of this. And so now that we know the definition of peace, that Christ is our peace, and that we should be able to be at peace through Christ, even through situations. And we should have that feeling of assurance, even in the midst of that turmoil. What does that peace look like? So earthly peace involves many different factors. There's peace between nations that involves treaties, compromises, and sometimes paying reparations to achieve peace. But earthly peace looks very different from heavenly peace or from the peace that Christ brings to us. To achieve peace on earth, there has to be some form of war. There has to be some form of things that have to happen. Earthly peace, when we say, oh, we're finally at peace, you know, you talk about, you can talk about things like World War II, when the world finally got to peace and the war finally ended. Earthly peace at the end, at the, at the end looks like death and destruction from war. It looks like loss. It looks like conflict. But true peace that we achieve through Christ doesn't look like that. True peace doesn't look, um, true peace doesn't look like peace obtained through the world. You can only see true peace when you look to Jesus and his birth. The birth of Jesus Christ marks the beginning of a new kingdom in the world that brings forward true peace. And I was, uh, we talked about, um, at, at South Park, I was teaching Bible class and we were reading from uh, Matthew 1 through 2 and Luke 1 through 2. Um, and we read about Herod and we talked about how, uh, who Herod was and the things that he did. And I saw like a duality of like, the, of how kingdoms are, are, 
we're running. So like we see the earthly kingdom that Herod has, and then we see the, earth, the heavenly kingdom that Christ establishes at the, in the beginning of his birth, at the beginning of his kingdom at his birth. And we see that when Christ is born, we have Mary and Joseph, we have who 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 couldn't even get into an inn, so they were they birthed their child in a manger, and then we see rich wise men come with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then we see shepherds. The peace that Christ brings is unifying. The peace that Christ brings is not segregation and destruction. However, in the same chapter, we see an example of what earthly peace looks like by kingdoms. We see Herod at conflict with himself because he's been told by the wise men that, you know, there's a new king coming and he shall be, you know, the king of all the Jews. And he's like, no, I'm the king of all the Jews. So he gets, he gets very frantic and he gets worried. And so to bring peace to himself, he decides to have all the children under the age of two murdered. That's terrible. That's the kind of peace that, those, that earthly kingdoms bring. It's not true peace. It's a peace of destruction and death. But the, the peace we achieve through Christ is unifying and fulfilling. <clears throat> so how can we obtain this peace? It's not obtained by a treaty. It's not obtained by destruction. It is obtained by the acceptance of Christ and his sacrifice for us all. It's obtained through surrender and surrender of all of our worries, our pains, our trials, and when I think about someone, like an example in the Bible of someone obtaining true peace, is I think about the possessed man who Jesus, who Jesus cleansed. The possessed man who was bound by chains, who, who the Bible describes was, was uh, no longer could be bound, that he was so, um, so at conflict with himself, that he had broken chains, that he was in the woods and, the, and in the deserts cutting himself with stones. He was at complete conflict with himself and who he was. He had no idea what to do, and he was possessed, so yeah. Um, no one could hold him. The man was at a complete war with himself. But then Christ came, and he obtained true peace. Even in our time of turmoil and chaos, Christ brings us peace. <clears throat> I have a kind of a finishing statement and if you don't know me I don't speak very long I'm not a long-winded preacher so you guys can go home and prepare for the Chiefs game tonight do this here in a moment Christ is the only source of true peace in this world all other peace is not true peace without him because it is Christ and only through Christ that we can achieve true peace in this world while the world obtains peace through wars, conflict, and destruction, the peace we see from Christ is received by sacrifice of one's self for others. And I kind of wanted to like look up some scripture to kind of help support this idea that we can be at peace even in times of turmoil. Even at times when we feel like there is no source of peace, we can truly be at peace. And so if you want, you can turn to John 16.33. I have a image right there and these are the words of Jesus these things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world we can be at peace because Christ has overcome the world and the destruction and war and conflict in the world already for us 
We can be at true peace with ourselves because Christ has already overcome that. He even says there will be tribulation. I'm not saying there won't be hard times, but be at peace because I've already overcome them. And through him, we can overcome them as well. Thank you.